Welcome to Life During Lockdown, conversations with the Hope Grace family as we get out of the pews and onto our phones. This is Lenny Wong. Join me as we listen in to the body of Christ sharing stories, concerns, insights, and life during this unique time in history. One of the most visible effects of COVID-19 has been the effect on homeschools, private schools, and public schools. Both students and teachers have had to adjust to this new and different learning environment. In this episode, we see how life during lockdown affected some Hope Grace teachers, their families, and their students. Our first stop is with a young family with children where both parents are teachers. We're visiting with Taylor and Lauren Kinser. Lauren, of course, is the daughter of Doug and Deb Phillippe. Taylor and Lauren have two children, Raiden, their son, who's four, Rhea, their daughter, is two. Lauren teaches fifth grade in the Carlisle School District. Taylor teaches math to 7th and 8th graders at Cumberland Valley. We chatted via speakerphone. Well, I mean, I guess Taylor and I, even though we're both teachers, we have kind of unique stories um, because when everything was starting to happen, um, my school happened to have off on the Friday before everything got shut down. Um, so I left that Thursday, um, not really knowing at that point, um, not really knowing at that point that, um, (laughs) that we wouldn't see our kids, um, for a while or, you know, for the rest of the school year. Just a quick note, when you hear Lauren and Taylor talk about their kids in this first part of the conversation, they're talking about their students. And then Taylor had school that Friday, so he was able to kind of go in and be prepared and, you know, kind of say goodbye to his kids. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and then we just kind of were expecting maybe like two weeks of um, staying home. Um, but, yeah, definitely drastically changed, and now we've adapted to the online teaching aspect. So it's been quite the, the learning curve. So what does online teaching look like? A lot of pre-recorded, pre-prepared lessons. Um, I mean, I spend probably a few hours each week just doing recordings. Every morning at 8 o'clock, I sit on a Zoom call for one hour where students can drop in, like, office hours, ask questions, get help. Um, One of the things we're noticing is at 8 o'clock, most of our middle school students aren't awake yet. Had to be creative on how I'm getting in touch with them. Um, But using the program that hosts the online learning, we can send messages back and forth. They can see grades. So it's it's been, I think, easier for the students that have parents at home that can help them through the process or students that are just self-motivated to get things done. What happens is they have the full week to do the lessons that are prepared. I notice just about as much work gets done Sunday night after 6 p.m. that does pretty much the rest of the week. I think part of it is the students that just don't get it or the students that are behind or just students who don't like math. I think Mm -hmm. it's the hardest to motivate them um, because if there's not a teacher or an adult there, you know, almost forcing it down their throats, then they're just not going to do it. Another part of the dynamic is trying to manage that with also having – two young kids, it's, it's definitely been a, an adventure. Before the COVID-19 crisis hit, Raiden and Rhea were watched by Deb Phillippe while Lauren and Taylor taught. 
I asked how things have changed since the crisis started. So my mom was actually watching the kids, um, which was very much a convenience for us. But we definitely are becoming quite the multitaskers of doing some lessons, doing, you know, writing to parents, but also, you know, sitting and being with our kids at the same time. Um, But, I mean, it helps that both of us are home constantly because we can kind of tag team. So when Taylor's doing his Zoom calls, I'm watching the kids. And then if I have a meeting, he'll watch the kids and we'll kind of make that work. But Raiden understands that, you know, there's a sickness and that's why we can't, you know, see people. He was going to um, the Mechanicsburg Preschool three times uh-huh. a week. So I think that's been the biggest change for him because he's always asking, you know, when can I see my friends again? And, you know, he'll always talk about when I go back to preschool after the sickness is over. But we're spending a lot of time playing outside. Um, I mean, it is tough. It's almost easier in the aspect that Taylor's family is far away because it we just can't see them versus being so close now to my family here in Pennsylvania. Great grandparents have come over, but, you know, they stayed out on the, uh, the front porch, got to see the kids through the door to, you know, drop things off like birthday cards mm-hmm. or things like that. One thing that these podcasts have made possible is allowing me to ask questions that I ordinarily wouldn't be able or wouldn't have the nerve to ask in church. I asked Taylor and Lauren how they were doing spiritually. Um, it's It's been tough. I feel, um, I think, well, starting with maybe the, the more solid part, we kind of get an idea of what end times might be like, fear, um, anxiety, and just what might be going on, people freaking out. So that part has been good to you to kind of get an idea of you know what might happen but i feel like then that's why you know, part of why the church was created for us to do this together you know it's not just us and god alone right. it work together um so even trying to stay in contact just through you know messages it it, it, it has been tough yeah i mean i know i've been um struggling a lot I've never really um, dealt with, like, anxiety or anything like that before, but I it's been hitting me hard. Um, and I think it's partially due to the, I mean, Raiden's force. So I've been a parent for a while now, but I think it's <laughs> different when something like this happens and you are a parent because it's no longer just, oh, okay, everything will be okay. Like, it's that fear of, you know, how how will my kids be? I, I know I've been struggling with that, which has been good and bad for me spiritually because I feel like it's drawn me closer. Like, I'm spending a lot more time I'm finding in prayer. I know I've been struggling with sleeping. I just can't fall asleep. So, I'll, you know, the nights that I am really struggling, I might spend two, three hours just praying, which, you know, is good, but also then sad. But, I mean, I, I think... I feel like I've always been really good at having excuses for not reading my Bible. And God Mm -hmm. is definitely opening my eyes to, you know, it's not because I haven't had time because now I have plenty of time and still lots of other distractions that um, can pull me away from doing that. I asked Taylor and Lauren how our church could pray for them. For our students who are in, you know, the awkward times of their lives, um, and not quite sure what they're going through in terms of who is home for them, what's being provided for them. Um, 
I just hope that they're doing well in each uh, individual situation. Um, prayers for our kids. That um, I know getting thrown out of the schedule has been tough for Raiden, right? Not so much, but that they're able to adjust back. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I know it's the anxiety. I would appreciate prayers for that. Um, but, I mean, a lot of that anxiety, I think, is coming from uh, not being my students um, and knowing that a lot of them might not have the same type of home life that I had when I was in elementary school. So just prayers for all of our students. Of course, I had to ask four-year-old Raiden if he had any prayer requests. Do you miss anything or does anything make you sad? Um, my preschool. You miss your preschool? Mm-hmm. Do you miss Mama and Pop Pop Kinster? No, I always miss my preschool. <laughs> <laughs> Since this episode was recorded and the COVID-19 situation had gotten better, Taylor, Lauren, and kids have been able to meet in person more with Lauren's family. But as for Raiden, he still misses his preschool friends. Our next stop is the Richwine family to hear how the coronavirus affected school for this family. Joe Richwine is a freshman at Ryder University in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, who was majoring in musical theater. He tells of how he got caught up in this crisis. Yeah, so what happened was, um, you know, I was at Ryder, and we were all sent home for spring break like normal, but they said we were going to have a one-week extension of spring break, so, like, no classes, just just a one-week extension, um, to, and then we would come back after that. And then, you know, this thing started to get worse, so after one week, it was two weeks, um, and next thing you know, they, they said we're not going to come back for the rest of the spring semester, so we were sort of all really bummed about that and we're like oh well i guess we're just going to do the rest of this year online and then you know it'll be summer and then we'll come back in the fall and now they're talking about going online for this upcoming fall semester so we're not really sure what's going to happen i mean i don't think any college is but it's been especially hard for me as like a performing arts major doing all of my dance classes all of my voice lessons you know, online. One thing we've learned in these episodes is that the COVID-19 crisis has allowed a lot of our Hope Grace family to slow down and think about things more deeply. For Joe, the quarantine provided that same opportunity. Let's listen to what he's been contemplating. When I first started auditioning for colleges um, for for musical theater, I that, that's all I really knew um, as far as performing goes. I knew choirs, I knew musical theater. Um, so I would go to all these musical theater auditions. I would have, like, um, mock voice lessons with some teachers. And a lot of them were, were saying, so so why aren't you um, doing vocal performance, like classical singing opera? And I was like, well, I don't know, because I never knew I could do it. So I sort of went through this year just learning as much about musical theater and performing it as I could. Um, and, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I excelled at it, but I can't say that. You know, I love musical theater. This coronavirus, this quarantine has sort of been a good opportunity for me to sit down and reflect on this past year. Um, and I'm thinking I might want to jump ship to uh, to opera and vocal performance uh, next year. So that's the perspective of Joe, a college freshman on the COVID-19 crisis. For yet another perspective on the current crisis, we turn to Joe's mom, Carol Richwine, who teaches agricultural education to middle and high school students. Let's listen in on what she thinks of the lockdown. Is it okay that I say I 
can I say I, I, I love the lockdown? Is that okay? Well, uh, it's interesting, you know, because you kind of reflect on the weeks that as one week and the next week and the next week, and it's, um, it, it's been a, a, a drastic, a little trauma-filled, you know, change for us as educators. The week, though, this whole thing went down. I was just telling people in our, in our prayer group, we've got a, a staff prayer group on Tuesday mornings, and now that, we've, of course, we meet virtually, that's a change. But uh, but uh, I was at such peace. The week this whole went down, it was just a lovely, lovely week. I can't explain it. It was just joy-filled. It was a great week. And then we got that <laughs> home, and I was like, huh, well, that's interesting. Right. The next week after that, we when we were told we were staying home, we had to provide enrichment activities for the students. And maybe two or three of my students were engaged, maybe a total of 10 between middle school and high school. It was vacation for them. It was great. We're off of school for a week, right? And then the realization came to, well, nope, that's it. So I've learned to do the whole online thing, I think. Uh, it's not nearly as effective as talking to a student and, and having them, you know, touch the flowers and smell the flowers. But I have them if they're lucky enough to live on, in a house that has ground because some of our students, don't have homes, period. So it's right. really very difficult to meet those needs. Um, you know, go outside and watch some floral designs, some famous designers, and look who the floral designers of the White House and the celebrities are and how did they get there, research their education, you know, watch videos and pick up anything from around your house and see if you can follow form and function. You know, do you have something straight? Do you have something active as a massing flower, filler flower? And just, you know, so it's, you try to. But then, you know, you're competing with, you know, their worries of the world. They've never been through anything mm -hmm. like that. If you remember, Carol said she loved the lockdown. I asked her for specifics about how the quarantine changed things in her life. For my entire life, I've always been, you know, kind of conflicted. I, I feel my head, can my head be split between my, you know, my obligation and my love for my students in school and my love for my, you know, my family and my kids. Um, it's always been a, it's always been a balancing act. It has, you know, and so after your schoolwork's done, your school day's done, and I would come home and I wouldn't do any schoolwork at all until my family needs are taken care of. And so then I'd start mm -hmm. my learning like 30 at night. And, it's, you know, it's kind of, eh, it, it, takes a, it takes a lot out of you. So this slowdown for me has been great. Almost I feel like I can connect the students that are doing their online stuff. I can kind of connect individually. I'm paying attention to them only them at that time. When I'm typing in their comments, I mean, that's kind of satisfying to me instead of having, wow. you know, 25 kids in a classroom. So I don't mind the online learning aspect. I'm not saying it's the most effective method of instruction, but I don't mind it. You know, we go right. back and forth. Sometimes I say, hey, you know what, just let me know how you are. I don't care about if you get any work done, but how are you as a person? And so we have lots of interesting conversations going back and forth, just touching in, you know, tuning in to the kids. and. And telling them, there's no, no, nah, we're good. We've got this. We're here for you. Always reach out to grown-ups who care about you. And, and of course, we, uh, with the prayer group, like I said, we meet on Tuesdays. And there's, it's a small group of us, but we've learned to do it. And we've shared a lot of personal things. And we, it's interesting. All of us, we kind of feel the same way, that we feel kind of a little bit like a fish out of water, that we just don't feel the fear. I temper my words because you want to make sure that you're not, too joyful in front of people, you have to be mindful of their situation, you know? In my situation, for what it is, it's, it's really quite ideal. So how could the Hope Grace family pray for Dave and Carol Richwine, their daughters, Hannah, who's a doctor, and Kate, who's a nurse, and Joe? That the, that the hand of God is, is with all of us, you know, continues to be with us every day. 
um, you know, protection for protection for uh, everybody who's in this. You know, Dave's in the truck on the road all over the eastern United States, you know, right now. Um, Kate and Hannah and medical staff, that they can, like I said, be the hands and feet and mouths of, of Jesus. You know, that I can reach students where perhaps school was their safe haven. And perhaps also, mm-hmm. you know, to those employees, who, the employees who haven't been able to wrap their head around this uh, online learning thing, just that the, the staff can do what they need to do to connect everyone. Uh, Joe? Yeah, I mean, this whole quarantine situation hasn't been, you know, the same for everyone. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just sort of pray that, you know, it gives everyone sort of the, the clarity and and peace and patience that it's um, – um, given us through this whole thing because I know it hasn't been the same for everyone. Pray that we can share, you know, share the gospel or share God's love for certainly, you know, with those people who, who don't know it. The lockdown appears to be loosening, but public and private schools remain closed for now, so teachers and students will continue to navigate this new normal in education. But after listening to Taylor and Lauren and Carol and Joe, And in previous episodes, many other members of the Hope Grace family, it's apparent that the COVID-19 crisis forced many people to reevaluate the important things in life. It's interesting how a crisis can do that. A worldwide pandemic, tens of thousands of deaths in our country, an economic meltdown, and two months of quarantine created a crisis that was unthinkable a few weeks ago. But Winston Churchill once said, never let a good crisis go to waste. So hopefully this crisis allowed you to get more connected to God and encourage you to share God's love with others. Life during lockdown. Who would have thought that we would hear so many encouraging stories? But then again, we are the body of Christ at a church called Hope Grace.